Welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast with your host, Big Ken, a retired teacher bringing you lessons each week he's learned in the hobby by taking you behind the table and inside the mind of a dealer and a collector. Sit back and relax. There won't be a test. The only thing being graded here is the cards. Welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast. I'm your host, Big Ken. Whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on a streaming service, please like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. You'll be notified whenever I drop any new content. Welcome, and thanks for being here. Excited today, and as promised, I brought back friend of the show, Brad from Outlaws underscore sports underscore cards, all plural. Brad. How you doing, man? I'm I'm doing good today. Like I said earlier, less tired than yesterday, that's for sure. So, you know, today's a good day. Waking up again to first place Rangers, you know. So we're we're okay today. We're happy. The Jets won last night, yesterday yeah. afternoon. Yeah. While we were watching the game in the rain. Well, you were driving home, but yeah. Well, but you could tell I don't have my arrowhead stadium behind me. I said I want to keep that on as long as the Chiefs keep winning and now they've started losing, so I got to change this up because now I'm going to be at Gillette Stadium Sunday for the game. I'm hoping I can come back and put my arrowhead back up again. But until I wonder now, if the card, I wonder if the card market is going to react to Mahomes acting like a crybaby over the play of of the missed call because I, I would love to see the card market now start selling all his cards because he acted like that, which would be hey, great. Come on, man! Have you not watched Tom Brady for the last twenty years? You know, sometimes it just takes. Someone like that to really, and the other, and the, the rest of the team around them to say, you know, okay, he is human, right? He yeah. is, and he he's so passionate about it. It's not about the one play; it's about the frustration of everything that's going on with people dropping the ball, and it was just it's just building up. Maybe maybe that's going to make make a difference to the people playing around them to want to step up a little. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I think that's the second game that Kadarius Tony has cost the Chiefs W's in. Is that correct? Might be that two W's that well, he personally has cost them. Is that possible? Or? Well, you know, that's what happens when you go get a guy from the Giants. I'm a Jets fan, so, I, you know, amen to that. A lot of our guys like to leave the Jets and go to the Giants, and they end up not so great and there. Even my, like, I, my Giants fans aren't even going to be offended because they were like, thanks for taking them. Like, thanks for paying us something to take them off our, you know, off our hands. So they're not even going to be offended with that statement. But usually, they, like, when Jets players cast off other teams, you know, and they're really good with the Jets, they usually end up, like, winning Super Bowls on other teams. You know, there's lots of history of guys playing, you know, seven, eight years with the Jets and then going winning their ring somewhere else. So, yeah, you know. yeah. Well, a lot of them not either, right? A lot of bad decisions over there in the Jets. <laughs> I'm 49, and I've seen it. I remember watching since I was five. So I don't know if I've seen a whole lot of good decisions, except, I don't know. There's a few plays, but that's about it. <laughs> so so you mentioned your age, right? So guys our age trying to do two-day shows. Right, man. It, it just takes, and I've I've talked about this for the last couple of years. It just takes a lot out of you to do two, two. You know what? And you know, I make that decision not to stay in a hotel to drive back and forth. So it's an it, it. You know, we we were from. I think we're both equally distant from, you know, where the show is at Hofstra at Long mm -hmm. Island. Two hours, about two hours for me. Yeah, hour forty five. Yeah. I mean, in the morning, it's like an hour forty, hour thirty, hour forty minutes to get there, and then coming home, it's like three hours. Two hours twenty for me. It's yeah, it's like stuck in traffic the whole time. And, and the Bell Parkway. I don't know. You don't have to go on the Belt, but the Bell Parkway for me. I mean, 
that is, and I drive in New Jersey my entire life and I've driven in New York everywhere, but the Bell Parkway, I feel like is just, you, you could get like a, a live mind could just be in the middle of the road somewhere. And you're just going to go flying. It's just crazy. And these little bricks, like really any type of, if you have even 1% anxiety and you drive to Hofstra from North Jersey or South Jersey, that is like major meds needed for that. Well, I don't know. I take like seven highways, right? I don't and, like I'm going there in the morning. On my way there in the morning, it takes me a one completely different. I'm down Route 8 to 95 to Frog's Neck, you know, and then like nine different highways. But then coming home, it takes me a whole different way. It wants to bring me out to, to 287 to 684. It wants to bring me all the way. It just doesn't matter. It's just so swamped with There's traffic. There's no good way to get there. Trust me. There's no, nothing. maybe by no. boat. No, so so it's tiring and I don't you know you got to get up early you got to get down you got to get back the last time last couple of times I went to Hofstra I stayed that I did the two days uh I got a hotel and and you know I probably should have done that this time I probably wouldn't have been so exhausted because I think the both of us we just talked before we came on the both of us got home Sunday and both fell asleep you know <laughs> within within an hour of getting home right. I mean it's just it's just you know two long days with a lot of driving yeah, uh, and I don't complain about it either. Like I don't, I I purposely choose to drive. I'd rather sleep in my own bed for six hours than to sleep in a hotel room and get a good night's sleep. I don't think I will, just me personally. Yeah. And uh, you know, I like to to feel that way comfortable. You know, at night I sleep better. I go home, I get to regroup. I don't know, and and I feel better just getting back. So yeah, yeah. but it was it, it and the weather too with the rain. Getting out of there yesterday was a pain, but that's that's not, I guess, a normal experience. Um you know, White Plains is a big, big show, and that was also difficult. We didn't have weather there either. So, I yeah. mean, there's always going to be something, right? Yeah, yeah. So we get down there. We both arrive Saturday morning, right? We're, we set up. We're excited. We got tons of product, ready to move, ready to make some sales. Uh, doors open at 10, um, and it was crickets for a little while. Right, we're, legit, like legit. Like, yeah, legit. If I yelled across the room, you could have heard me yelling, and there was—I mean, there was a big room, and you could have heard me yell across that room, "Who's here?" Yeah, yeah. So for me, you know, when I went to the Gillette show and I did that with Jordan at Zips Cards, and I said, "I don't have a good feeling about this show. I really think that this—it's going to be slow, and it's just not going to be, you know, a good show." And we got there, and the place was rocking. There was people coming and going. Right. So on this one, I'm getting all excited because this is Hofstra. So I felt too excited. Right. This, every, I've never gone to the Hofstra without without it being, you know, packed for most. And New England was packed and Philly was packed. So leading up into this, here we go. Everyone's yeah. going to just converge on Hofstra from both. Right. That's how yep. I felt. Yeah. And uh, that it didn't happen. Right. Nobody showed up. And then the first band of people come through are the ones oh. that are hoping to get that that deal. Right. That that come up and say, oh. You're asking 500, I'll give you 200, right? right. Or, or what's the comp on it? 250, I'll give you 100, right? Right, 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 right. I had a few of those. Who was your guy? Who was he wearing? Oh, yeah. I won't even say his name because we set up with him all the time. So he's a dealer, but he had some bad behavior by another dealer. We'll get to him later. When yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, so you know, it, 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 you know, we get that wave through and, and probably like, I think it did get busy maybe like from like 12 to two on Saturday. Right. I, you I was busy for like 1030 to like 132. I was, I had actually said to Joe, who we'll reference later, who was in between us, Joe, I said to Joe, you know what, this is weird. I usually, even when we're busy, find myself spending so much time, even able to talk to like Ken and the people around me. 
I was so busy that I didn't even get like I didn't realize what was happening around me. Joe's like, well, we went and ate and had pizza, and you're still going crazy. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and I want to say too, you know what? We should just talk a little bit about our inventory because right. okay. we fair. both had completely different experiences, but okay. we both have completely different inventory too. So Very just fair. talk a little bit about what what you had over there for inventory. So I had an eight foot like you, I had three showcases. My showcases were a mix of slabs uh, ranging from, you know, hundred and up, but I had, you know, like a 54 Bowman mantle and I had a, a 53 satchel and I had some high end big boy cards, like the jambalayas and stuff like that. Um, but I also had a mixture of affordable cards and, and stuff, but I also had some great boxes. We won't call them value boxes cause they're not really value, but we'll call them like not showcase material but they're not dollar cards. You know, I had a lot of 20 to hundred dollar patches and autos and, and really cool inserts mags and, and really clean stuff. And people just, they'd like going through it. And, um, and it had all different sports patches, a lot of patches, a lot of older stuff, a lot of hall of famers, a lot of names that are not current and the current stuff I had, you know, it's like low end anyway. Um, not a ton of hockey at this show for me. A lot more vintage for me uh, than normal, um, but still pushing with what I like. I'm still bringing the cards that I like. I'm not going to let the marketplace dictate a lot of my inventory. So you'll see in my boxes, it's still stuff that Brad likes. I'll be okay if he told me to die with it. So, yeah. Yeah. So I noticed you had a lot of slabs. You had a lot of, you probably had a couple hundred slabs, right? In boxes. I brought yeah. extra the second day because. You know, I sold a bunch the first day and, mm. you know, uh, I had also have acquired recently a lot of like lower end slabs. And I like to bring those to hit all price points for people. And, yeah. you know, sometimes the best way to is not a thousand dollar sales. The best sales that I've always had at shows how you pay your rent is, you know, ten dollar cards and twenty dollar cards. And, yeah. you know, it doesn't matter. The test of time is you got to have the cards that sell for people. And, and there's always someone that wants a ten dollar, you know, we, off brand mint ten of some card for ten bucks. It's cool. And yeah. Yep. You know, I never appreciated that stuff as a collector or an investor, but as a business owner, you know, you want to offer all price points to people, you know, and that's important for me. But yes, a lot of slab, but a lot of raw too. A lot of raw I had a lot. I mean, I had two, two, three rows on the table, all magged up and top loaded. That's so you're talking, that's a lot of cards. Yeah. Know. Yeah. 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 So on the flip side, on my table, I've got three cases right. and I had two uh one box with discounted slabs in it um that had hockey on one side and um pop culture on the other side and then i had one box with just all pop culture single singles top loaded mm -hmm. uh and then just my three cases i mean i was really going down there in my mind i'm like i've got a lot of good uh graded cards i had a lot of hockey i had a full case of hockey i had a full case of of, of football with a couple of basketball cards in there. And then I had a case of, of pop culture. Um, so historically I knew the pop culture didn't do well at this show. Cause I've been to this show many times before and, and it's just a hit or miss on something like that. But out of my discount boxes, uh, you know, I sold a lot of singles. So people really, you know, they, they were attracted to that, um, in the discount boxes, but not in, 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 you know, my pop culture. So hockey, um, I sold one hockey card out of a full case the whole day. I sold one hockey, I mean the whole weekend and my football, I sold most of my low end football, everything up to my football, everything up to $300. 
all sold. Um, and, and then I was left with that handful of, you know, the 1500, the 1800, the 2500, the 3000, the 5000, those cards, they stayed in the case had a lot of offers on them. A lot of and people they're not moving, up, by the way, they're not moving so much. No, no. And people that who came up to make offers were very low and they, they apologized before they made the offer, you know, kind of, <laughs> kind of dip, dipping their toes in the water to see if, you know, if I was willing to What's sell. What's the worst thing you're going to say? Yes. Nice. What's the word? I've always said, if you're polite and respectful, the worst thing you're going to say yeah. is, no, don't throw the phone in my face and don't throw last comp nonsense. Just talk to me. You yeah. never know. I might say to you, hey, I respect the offer, but come up a little bit. Maybe we can make a deal. But mm -hmm. that's not always how it goes, right? Yeah, yeah. And and I'm not, I, I wasn't certainly over comps on them. You no. know what I'm saying? I'm around comps, but people, they just weren't buying those cards. They're just not looking uh, to put out that money. And and there were a lot of people doing the repack. There were a lot of people doing, the, you know, and, and I'm going to honestly say my, the sales that the, the one, the bulk sale that I had for a number of football cards came from a guy who wanted, who was talking about lining these cards, you know, that they were, he takes them and puts them you know, he puts them out there and people buy, you know, how many spots and how much yeah, money. It's called a Raz. Yeah. Raz, would it equal? Raz. I mean, he, was, he was explaining. I've seen it. He was explaining it to me and, you know, and kept saying, you know, I have to give 10% back. So I, I have to be at 90 per, you know, I have to be better than 90% to make money. So I said, maybe I'm not, you know, if you, if we're talking 88%, we're good. If we're talking 75 or 80, I'm not your guy. And he went through and he looked and he left and he came back and a third and he walked away and he came back on a third time. Time, he came back and said, well, if we add more cards, where can we be at? And and we were at a, you know, we ended up making a deal on the cards. I don't think it, the deal was the best deal for him, but I think it was the cards he wanted. It was the Mahomes. It was the Jalen Hurts. It, these are the cards, you know, that, that he wanted to get. So I think he, after walking around and not being able to do this anywhere else, he came back and said, okay, I'm willing to pay a little more. Let's talk again. Let's, let's work out a deal. So we worked out a deal and ended up being very good, lucrative to me. So I sold, you know, I, in that deal, I think I sold like seven or eight cards to him. Um, that totaled about, you know, $2,000, $2,200, you know, in that. So that worked out for me. I mean, if it wasn't for him, you know, my weekend would have been terrible. Right. I, I, honestly, it, it would have been terrible because, because that's, you know, that's what I was selling. And, and a lot of people showed up and said, are you buying hockey? And I was kind of directing them to you because at this <laughs> point to me, for me, it's too late in the season to buy hockey. And the hockey I have that, I mean, that window of opportunity is going to close. So if I don't move these hockey cards in the next month or two, you know, I may have to take a trip to Toronto, you know, in, in, in the April. early April. In, yeah, in April and and do what I did last year and move all the hockey cards because I'm, I'm kind of a seasonal guy, right? I want to, I want to, you know, I want to do the hockey. I want to get it done with, and then I want to get back into football and I want to, I don't want to be, I don't want to be you know, trying to run hockey when it's the end of the season and people, you know, the prices are down and people are not looking for that type of thing. Yeah. So I just avoid that game in all, almost entirely as much as I can. So I buy, again, everything I buy, as you know, is a lot of hall of famers and names or, or those potential. Some of the stuff you see is not, but so I don't like, I don't mind. I bought this card. I don't mind buying this card over the weekend. Cause I love him. I think he's going to yeah. be great. Even as a Rangers fan, I bought it. The cards down teams down. They're out of the playoffs right now. You know what? Markets down cards. I don't mind ever having, you know, cards like that in my case from hockey, but I get with you on the other side. Like, 
you know, now's not the best time to wanting to be buying like yeah. any type of like speculative type hockey. I think that's, yeah. you know, that's games played, but it's always about the quality of the card for me. So I would, yeah, I'm buying hockey, but a lot of the people you sent to me were showing me stuff that neither one of us would be interested at this moment in time. Maybe six months ago, we might've bought all of it, but right now yeah. I'm yeah. with you. So I was very picky in my hockey purchases. My other hockey purchase this weekend was the same guy. A different person was a, was a Gordy house slab card. And a and a um, and a saw chuck raw, you know, third year parky. But like, that's not hockey cards. That's vintage, right? Vintage, and I yeah. sadly is so upset. I the Gordy was an inexpensive card, but I bought it very correctly. And you just don't see him that much. And it was even in a low grade, but I sold it for like yeah. a forty dollar profit right away. And as soon as the guy walked away, I'm like, that was dumb. You know, I just get mad because <laughs> I like that. I actually liked. I liked the cards. I liked yeah. it. And, Sometimes the forty dollar profit isn't about it. Sometimes it's about yeah, yeah. like go find and go find me another one of those not on eBay. Mm. Were you surprised what what you know? Like I, I was surprised that you know Jack Hughes in this area. You know, usually all the time he he's what people are looking for, what people are asking for. Jack Hughes and I have about six or seven cards in there, and people came up. Oh my god, beautiful Jack, beautiful. They don't want to pay. They don't want to pay. No, and then they, and then they moved on. You know, and then I was surprised. Um, the one, the one hockey card I did sell was an Ovechkin. You know, which was, you know, I, I, I felt, you know, a lot of the Ovechkin cards that I had are very limited cards, right? There's not a lot of comps on them there, but you know, you get the right person that, and now here it is, and I say this all the time, and I knew this person bought this Ovechkin because he was collecting the card and he had a list of all the cards he was looking for and he went through. So I, I also, I, you know, I said I sold one, but I also had, which is very interesting. I had um, a whole bunch of hockey cards that were in-person autos that I would put out at show after show after show and people not, were not, not interested, but I bring them to the show with me anyways, just in case someone says, Hey, do you have any, or this is what I'm looking for. Or if they mention a certain player, I could say, Oh yeah, I have it. And I got to talking with, with one of the, one of the, you know, the people at the table and they said, Oh, I love the in-person auto stuff. I said, hold on. I got something for you. And I pulled it out and I put them out and he bought about eight of them. And there was another guy standing next to him who was looking, looking, looking. And when he walked away, he said, can I see those? Can you hand those back out? He goes, that's my thing. He goes, I don't know why you don't have those out on the table. So then he went through it. He bought another four or five of them and he left. And I'm like, well, this is great. I put them on the table. Not one person came back. And, and, and so it's just interesting that you really don't know, you know, what to, what to put out there and who's coming. But both of these guys and the guy who bought the Ovechkin after having conversations with them, they were all collectors. They weren't buying these cars. To a, lot go of, a lot of collectors this weekend. Yeah, they weren't buying these cars to go flip them. They were buying these cars to put into their PC at home. You know, I told a few people that right in front of them. I said, like, I took a little bit less on cards like that I would want. Because when I was having conversations with some of these folks, they were collectors you could tell in the conversation there was no bs these are not oh this is pc like the nonsense you get from... no these are collectors you could tell the cards they were looking at there was a theme there was a, a tone in their voice and their behavior they were not playing poker well from that perspective but then you realize like i have something that a collector wants i'm at you know 220 and he's at 190 but you know some repackers going to come around 
in two weeks if I don't sell this stuff and, and pay me 175 and I'll be happy with that too. I'm still making profit. So you think about that process. You realize, you know what? I let the guy take it. I said, you know what? Just take it at 190. I'm happy to let it go to a collector because it's going to a good home. So I saw a lot of that this week. I had a few sales. Actually had someone pick up a Piazza Dynasty card right in front of somebody who was looking at it, I think, as a flip opportunity. And this guy grabbed it at the same price I was kind of showing it to him at because he's like that card. If it didn't go to that guy, it would end up in a repack mm-hmm. or probably in somebody's Raz or a flip. This guy actually wanted the card. He said all he buys is Dynasty Mets cards. I couldn't let this dude have it, even for ten dollars more. You know, it didn't make sense. So, yeah, a lot of that had a lot of that. People looking for PC stuff this weekend. But Mm. you're right. It was so weird because I brought hockey cards the second day because I thought Richter was going to be there and people would want hockey cards. And what what happened? Did he not show up? What? No, just nobody wanted any hockey cards. (laughs) No, for Richter. I thought he was there. He was there, wasn't he? There was a line for him, wasn't he? Oh, was he? Okay. Because I really? somebody else was there and said, what happened to... They asked me what happened to... Because I, I noticed... No, yeah. That, oh, he came and went. He signed. It was fast. Like he had Oh, a, I, I noticed that autograph line in all the shows that we've done there. There's just mobbed with people over there. And then this weekend, it was... There wasn't you know any... No, I would say, there. though, he did a good job. He kind of keeps it separate at this show at Hofstra. Like, White Plains is hard because you go down that aisle and there's only so many places to hide. But at Hofstra... They had all those lines wrapped up with the blue fencing, and it was really nice. And they could have, honestly, there could have been hundreds of people over there, and we never would have known, Ken, because they were really tucked away. It was a big room, and a lot of noise echoed. So once that room had a few people in it, I think it would have taken I've been there. I've been there for a show. You you know when people are. Yeah, I mean, you, they, yeah. I've seen that area just completely packed with people. Yeah. And then people lined up very, very early. You know, and it wasn't a big signing show, though. There was only a couple big names. I mean, it was Benito Santiago Saturday, which was cool, but he's not huge. And I think Richter on Sunday. Somebody else was there Sunday. I don't know. I don't – I try not to get too involved with it. I just – yeah. autograph people don't usually come around by the tables too much. So Yeah, yeah. They're, us- they're usually not there to buy. They're usually – you know, they, they're coming with their, their bats and their case or their hockey stick and their, and their cases. You yeah. know, you know when the, when the person walking around is head-to-toe Rangers gear with a Rangers bag and a Rangers flag, and he's got two bags on his side full of Rangers stuff. Like, they're not there to buy anything. They're, they're dragging, and dragging one little kid behind him. <laughs> Come on, keep it in up. His, in, his, in, his, in his, you know, in his Richter jersey, and the kid's three years old, doesn't even know who, you know <laughs> – What's a Richter? <laughs> it's a oh, scale. <laughs> spell different. Spell the same. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I thought the sh- I thought Saturday was a blast. I had a great time Saturday. Yeah. Um. You know, bad behavior from a dealer. Just like you got to know your audience. Like when you like when you're a dealer, we know we know who we're talking to. We know who we're dealing with. But when you're setting up at shows in the tri-state area, and whether you like it or not, you're going to run into a lot of the same people all the time. And this guy's typical. He does this at all the shows. I won't call him out because he's bigger than me. But um, like literally walks up every show, asks for the same. I won't say the name because if I say who he's asking for, everyone who in our area will know who it is. Yeah. Same player. Yeah, I got one right here. Goes, what are you asking for that? Like two grand tops. I'm like, what? The card has a comp of like $7,000. He's like, like legit, like spit my, what are you fucking crazy? What are you crazy? Kind of like literally price bash me right at the table. And I'm like, dude, 
aren't you a dealer? Like, do you really walk up to people's tables and bash prices without even knowing what you're doing? And he kept on walking like he was too good for me. But like, mm-hmm. I said I was going to call him out on the show. I won't do it because I'm a nice guy like that. But if yeah. you see a dude with like a red hair and a red beard and he likes to buy a certain team from the West Coast and he low ball, he's a low baller, just tell him to walk away. That's his bad behavior. Like, he was rude, nasty. Like, we're all friends. There's a couple other dudes like that, too. I won't say the other guy's name. Mm-hmm. You know, just if you can't act cool with the dealers, just get out of the hobby. Just yeah. get out of the hobby. Go, go, go on eBay. Cause that has no place for stuff. And he was like, no. And I said it to somebody and they're like, Oh, he does that to everybody. So I'm like, how is this acceptable? Why does not somebody like sell this guy? Like, dude, mm. go away. Yeah. Him, bad happened. behavior. We had you, of course, my favorite scene of the weekend was, you know, I was hoping to show up Sunday really was hoping to see you show up with like, um, some type of like floral shirt, some type of like <laughs> white like lotion on your nose and like a whistle in your mouth because you know anyone who was at the show on Sunday, I stand, I don't sit. But Ken, he went a little different in a chair this time. He went with like no, it's not this. Way. It's not this time. I've had my my listeners know this oh, chair. I've never seen I, the life card chair before. But let me tell it, you, Big Ken direct, looks like a freaking life card. It's the director's chair. I every mean, time, every time somebody it. would walk around, we'd ask, we'd start. The floor was blue too, so it's like, oh, I'm drowning. Ken, help me! <laughs> I mean, like we had a whole audience over there thinking Ken was like a real lifeguard. I mean, it was crazy. Uh, Big Ken but, in a but, lifeguard chair. But, we, but let me ask you. Let me ask you, Brad. Come Sunday, late in the day, how did your feet and your legs and your knees and your hips? I was feel? envious of you that you sat there in a, <laughs> in a, in a, in a and, and that and the, and the, and that's the reason I bring it, right? I, I, you know, just to I, piss me off. I no, it, it's it's if I stand there for two days, oh, then yeah. my then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of the next week, I mean, I'm feeling it. I'm hurting. I mean, you're yeah. standing all day long. You know, when I go out the when I this past year and the year before at the national. You know, five days, you know, after after two days or three days, I'm getting up in the morning and I'm feeling I'm really feeling, you know, just from standing all day long um, too much. So you need you, you need a chair. Like I don't I don't sit in that chair all day. I'm moving around and I'll get up and do things. But if it's slow and I can sit down for a bit, I do. It just it just, you know, relieve, relieve. I, I, uh, I've learned the first few shows I set up at. I was so well prepared. I think the last few shows I've just gotten so in, engrossed in the cards that I forgot about like important things. I'm not hydrating myself during the show. I don't, I forgot to bring food this show. Mm-hmm. So like the first day I didn't eat all day and I was like, I was hungry, but normally I bring like a salad or a snack or a granola bar, anything just to keep busy. And I didn't. So that was hard for me. And then waking up Sunday was harder, but Sunday again, same thing. I woke up, mm-hmm. I brought a little bag of pirate booty and a couple of drinks. And I ended up saying the same thing to myself. Like, you got to prepare better. I mean, like, I know we're not athletes, but if you're going to be in a room all day and be on alert and you're dealing with money, psychologically, yeah. physically, you got to take care of yourself. And yeah. I shame on me this weekend for not taking care of that. Cause I think I actually uh, could have done better for myself, you know, on Sunday night and this morning, if I had ate a little bit and drank a little bit or a snack or two, and I did not walk around a lot either. I stood a lot, mm-hmm. but I didn't leave the square a lot. And I think yeah. I needed to spend some time just to, move and i get and get my heart going a little bit yeah. so i think when we I, need to know that when i go to these shows i have my my little lunch bag that i and i you know i get up and i usually spend 15 20 minutes you know prepare yeah. it you know waters and drinks i and always snacks. do it not this time and you i'm know, extreme in there yeah and i know i mean it's they're, they're long days and if you know here's the here's the back side of it 
What are these shows? The only thing they ever sell there are chicken fingers, French fries, you know, churros. I mean, all the crap that that you shouldn't be eating. So I don't eat it. I don't eat that stuff anyway. So if if you don't if you don't prepare and bring all this stuff, then you end up making bad decisions. So yeah, you know, and I think it's almost funny. Like we got to do a better job. Like this, I love. I tell everybody my favorite setups are square setups. If you are a a a show promoter out there listening, and you want maybe me and Ken to come. I don't know about you, Ken, and, and some of the friends that I like to hang out with at shows. Set up a square. Set up squares, like Hofstra, like White Plains. That's just a great camaraderie feel. You're in the square with people. You kind of, like, get that little feel. I think it's an awesome, fun time. So as a dealer, I like that setup a lot. Makes me want to come to your show because I just like that we're all together. But so we as a group got to do better. Like, hey, you know what? It's 11 o'clock. Let's get something to eat. Let's find a restaurant. Like, we just... As a group, we're all together all day. Like we got to do a better job making sure, like, hey, let's order something to eat. Someone go to pick up the food at the front, and yeah, you know, yeah. we don't do that, and it's like poor, poor by us that we don't even think about it, you know. And what's nice about that too, which I think more than anything, is the coverage. Yeah, right. When you're in a square like that, you've got a lot of people. There are a lot of eyes on. And if I say, hey, I got to run to the bathroom, or I want to go yep. pick this up, or I got to go talk you to this us. guy. Somebody's there is like, oh, I got you. Like, I'll watch, I'll watch your stuff. Yeah, I mean, and, like John Behind the Diamond, who was our host this weekend in the square, was awesome. He wasn't there for part of the day Saturday, and I was helping out a little bit. And then sat, Sunday, he had some other things. And at, there was points where I was actually covering his table for him, which was fine. Made a couple sales. But John's comfortable enough knowing that we're there. Yep. He's got, you know, you were there. I'm there. He met Joe. Austin's next to him. You know, little John's over there. Everyone knows that, like, we're not going to let anyone steal or disrupt anything from any of us. And I can't say that about other squares, but I love that setup because, you know, John's and he says, Hey, I'm going to put you in the square. It's not about money or business. This is about trust. Like I can leave a backpack with a card in it or money in it and walk away. And Ken's not going to, not only is Ken going to watch, he's not going to touch it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're all very comfortable with that. And I, yeah. that's why I love this setup too. It's just that feeling where Almost like we're not together, but we are. And I like yeah. that. It's just a great feeling to go to shows. I think more shows should adopt that. I really do. Yeah. I think it's a great way to, and then you can build your own square. You know, it's almost like building a team. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I think most shows, I think it's, you know, makes more sense to line those tables up in a row. Does. They get more tables in. And of course it does. I get yeah. it. But you, get if it. you see the way Hofstra is set up and the, and, and white, planes, white planes. and there's, and even when Gillette stadium was the same way, you know, where they make that square. So it's not only do you have a row, you know, you have an aisle in front of you, of an aisle back, but the cross cross aisles. Too. Also, like, you know, like the nationals have those squares too, yep. like that, right? Same so, thing. I mean, yeah. and, and also goes to say, like Jimmy, Jimmy, you know, they, JPR, they run these shows. Now he's running the national too. It's a great theme. And I love the setup. So goes to show. I mean, Jimmy was running the shows like this at Hofstra and White Plains and AC with this setup way before he was running the national show. And mm -hmm. he adopt, he's had this adoption. He's always yeah. done it this way. And I love it. And I got to speak to Jimmy on Sunday too. And even though it was a little quieter, I just, you know, he just does, he puts up a good job. I mean, the security's great. They have porters to help you in and out. The gates are good. The prices are fair. You know, it's always decently lit and attended the air. They're, you know, just bathrooms are clean. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, I always give a shout out to them because you cannot ever blame a JPR show for not being attended on JPR hmm. because they do everything in their power and everyone in the world knows they're having a show. If you're yeah. asking when his shows are, then that's because that's on you. The whole world knows about his shows. So yep. I don't, I always just think it's about his shows will be bad on attendance 
based on the world around it, nothing else. Yeah. I mean, everybody yeah. knows each White Plains show is and Hofstra, everybody knows it's, it's yeah. the market calendars, you know. So so speaking of that, you know, so when when you look at a show and you go to a show and you say, I had a great show, I had a bad show, you know, how, how do you come up with that? When, when you think about a show, and, and you could do for this weekend or any show, do you base it on sales? Do you base it on foot traffic? Do you base it on interaction? Uh, wh what is it that you base That's how well question. you did? For me, yeah. number one, when I come home, do I want to go back to that show? So if I come home, I don't care about the dollars. I don't care about anything. If I come home and said, I had such a great time, I want to set up that, that show, that's my that's my answer. If I came home and said, I did not have a good time, no matter about the sales, I want to not set up there again. And I've only done you know a few different locations this year. And I already have a show. And I'm not going to say because they're nice people. They run. There's already a show that I don't want to set up at again. It wasn't because of the dollar sales. You know, people that knew me there knew I had for what was there. I did a decent day. But, you know, I just didn't have fun. Didn't have a good time standing there all day with people around me that we didn't know each other. And, and there was not a lot of camaraderie. And there was also no traffic. Mm -hmm. So there's not a lot of action. But, like, even if Hofstra, if I didn't have, you saw my day on Sunday. I had a couple deals of a decent size. But if Sunday was my only day at the show, I would have not been so thrilled with my numbers. But I had a great time on Sunday. Mm -hmm. I'm not complaining one bit. I yep. had such a good time talking. I had great conversations with a couple people that re good repackers, like repackers that we know what I know what they're buying. I would buy their repacks. I don't buy repacks. Yep. Conversations around their products and, and the price points and just to educate myself to not be so ignorant about like what's going on in the hobby right now. Yep. A couple of younger people in the hobby asking for advice or lending me their opinion. That's some really, 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 really smart kids, like teenagers this weekend, not like trying to hustle and flip type of conversations. Like, yeah, these are some really smart. I mean, I met a kid this weekend and his father apologize if he's listening. I do not remember his name. Gotta be 15 years old. Tall kid, father and him almost like so nice. This kid to me looks like he's an Ivy league student in a couple of years. Hands down. I felt like I was talking to somebody who is already three times smarter than me. But that was my day Sunday. I had a great time with it. I mean, how do you not like that? If you're in the yeah. hobby, yep. you want to meet more people like that. It's not about money either. I didn't do one transaction with this. The father and the son were at my table both days for at least 15 to 20 minutes. We did not buy or sell one card to each other. But I sent them across the way to Austin. And he, and as I said, go to Austin. He'll take care of you. Sure enough, they came back around to thank me. Austin and his crew took great care of him. Just like in our little square. Yeah. They used to refer to each other. You send to me. We send across. You know, that was a great experience for me this weekend. So I had a great time. Um, you know, I, I, I know a lot of people would say, you know, would go to a show and if they didn't sell much, they would complain and say it was all about the money. And and for a lot of people, it is. And, it, yeah. and, and for people and I and I do have to say for people like you and I that at the end of the day, if we went to a show and we spent all weekend, we didn't we didn't sell anything we could think what we want, but we're going to go home and we're going to be fine. We're some people that if they don't sell anything, you know, they have to make up for the money that they, they put out all weekend and, and it really weighs on them. But I always say, know the show, right? You need to know the show. So if I go to a show, right. And I'm a content creator doing the, the podcast and everything else. 
I love when people are coming up and saying, I listen to you, what you, you know, I love what you're doing. I listen to you. And I have those conversations to me setting up at the show is well worth it because now I'm putting myself out there and letting the people come and meet me in person, <laughs> excuse me, meet me in person. Right. So now as a businessman, so showing up at a show, if I show up at a show and I don't sell anything, it's my fault. It, it's really, it becomes my fault because even if it's slow traffic, there's still, I've never been to a show and nobody showed up, right? So people are showing up, but if I didn't sell anything, it's my own fault because either I don't have the right product. It's product is priced too high, right? It, 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 there's some reason Bingo. why, why I didn't, why I didn't sell anything. Not a magic well, formula, Ken. When somebody says, I didn't sell anything, this show is horrible, I'll never come back, I always think to myself, maybe you should think about, like, what were you selling? How was it priced? How were you interacting with people? Did people, were you turning people off? Did people, you know, there, there's got to be a reason you didn't sell anything. By knowing the show, you go back the next time and you'll know, this is what I need to do. So on a show like this, where I said I had some good sales, if I could go back, and this is what I think about on the way home on Sundays, if I could go back on Friday and say, what would have made this show more successful for me? What, what would it, what, if I put in my case X, Y, and Z, I would have made a fortune. What would the X, Y, and Z be? That is no, the show. That is when I go back to do this show again, I know. And I started out saying, historically, I had a case of pop culture and historically, it doesn't sell well at Hofstra. So I knew that already. That was almost dead space right there. But I didn't have anything else to put there in that space. So that's why that went out there. I, I mean, I know football sell, usually sells really well this time of year at Hofstra. Basketball does. I don't do any basketball. Hockey, I was hoping, would, would sell. I didn't sell any of the hockey. The football I did sell, but my price points were off on the football. Not that I didn't have them priced correctly. It's the majority of the higher-end stuff I had, people weren't buying those. No, things. they're not. They're always buying. I mean, <laughs> Ken, I had a fifty. I had a 53 Satchel, which is an iconic card. And it is, and I'm not just saying it because I want to sell it. I don't really care if I sell it. I'll be happy to keep it forever. It is one of the nicest threes I've seen color-wise. It's gorgeous. Everyone that picked it up. Love the card. Even thought my asking price was great. I was willing to take a little bit of an offer on the card. I just think that the price point on all cards right now is different. I think everyone's price point is two to three hundred and under. And yeah. if you talk to like you know my friend Stu from Evolution Marketing, who I, again always comes out to these shows and always puts money out in the shows and, and supports uh, the hobby a lot and, and for business, of course. But he and I are having a long talk about it. You know, he's buying a table, sitting with me for a bit. And, you know, Stu, if you're listening, he'll recall the conversation where we said, you know, he thinks the price point's going to get worse and lower. And, you know, he's a big eBay guy and, and that's his thing. And he's seen the traffic is slow. And these are not, I, I could see it. it. I don't think it's less people in the hobby or less money. It's just the, the price points are going down. Yeah. So I see in my showcase thousand dollar cards that are worth a thousand that are worth 1200. Mm. I mean, like, a Russell Wilson rare prism auto in a slab at a 99, like a rookie prism silver auto, which is a tough card. He's playing great. The cards are comping, you know, 950 to 1,000, and I'm, I'll let it go. Way under that, no one wants to bite. It's not because of the cost. It's the cost. It's a dollar price. No one yeah. wants to spend $750, $800 on a card right now, unless it's like forever. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and, and it was the call of the year, yeah. too. Yeah. The end of the year, right? We're into the holidays. You know, so it's so it's it's a little bit of a tough time of year too. And I know people coming up saying, "Wow, that's a great card. I'd like to buy into that." But not the hobby, right? Yeah, you I know it's funny though. It depends on your point in the hobby. If you're a if you're a, a collector, this is a great time for people to be buying because the dealers are going to be looking to sell, just like you are trying to save money for the holidays. The dealers want to buy their. You think that? Do you think I'm giving my wife a Mickey Mantle for the holidays? I think not. <laughs> Do you think I'm giving my kids, you know, um, slabbed Pee Wee Reese cards and Jack Hughes future? No, sir. Yeah. So that's not going to fly. So that doesn't work. And a lot of people are in the same boat. You got to work a little harder and sell yeah. some cards. I think right now it is still a tremendous buyer's opportunity. And I think I starting to see some of the better. It's lasting longer than we thought where people were not thought. I thought it was going to last this long and longer, but I think some people were hoping the downturn in the cards maybe wouldn't have lasted this long. So now you're going to start to see people having to break out better quality cards because they've already exhausted selling all their speculative stuff at cheaper comps and all their vintage, all the modern stuff they want to get rid of. And now, you know, you want to pay your bills. You got to let a Jack Hughes go for you know cheap money at 30% under when he should be at 90% all day. Do you know that I've made and I, and I I I think this plays right into what you're saying. I've probably made six or seven deals in this past week on my PC which is Trinity Rodman cards which people sending me story sales saying hey this guy's got his gold to 10 this guy's got this card that card and the prices I'm paying for him I'm just shaking my head. It's like it's re- so it's so ridiculously cheap right now. Where these cards last summer during World Cup were selling for seven, eight, nine hundred dollars, and I'm getting them now for a hundred dollars for ninety five dollars. I have this these uh the, the night moves, the Trinity Ramen night moves, right? This this is a pop twenty card, a pop twenty card, right? I own six of these right now, so so I I own the majority of all twenty of them, Ken. What's that? Are you trying to get all 20 of them? It, you know what? But the price that I'm picking these up at, if they all, if I get all 20 of them, I'll take all 20 of them. Right. I, I really don't care. You know, it's, it's my, you know, it's, it's what I want to do in my PC. Listen, I I bought, all the time. You buy what you like, Ken, you got to buy yeah. what you like. I, I talked about, you know, her cards, these, these cards that I haven't been able to even come close to buying. Right. And last week I got three of them, two identicals. Right. And one, to me was the Holy grail, right? That all of a sudden they became available for, for prices that I'm like, how can right. I say no? Because these people are realizing some of them are thinking, Hey, if I don't sell them now, that's yep. it. It's gonna go down even thinking, more. I don't, I'm, I'm already out. Yeah. I, I'm into it for yeah. too much. And that's an opportunity for, not just for you. I mean, yeah. opportunity for everything. People across the board now got us. I don't want to sell certain cards right now, but I mean, honestly, I'm the only reason why I'm selling the cards is because I like buying more. I mean, yeah. You know, you buy cards you like and you end up buying, you know, things that you hope you can put away for longer. I mean, for me, the end game is always to buy more cards that I can put away, yeah. not to like anything else. To me, it would be always to be able to come up home with a card that say, you know what, this will not see the light of day again. Yeah. And that's what I like. I like being able to go out and, and now all of a sudden these cards are becoming available. I'll buy them up. And, and now now I'm truly understanding, you know, after going through this whole, you know, what, three, three, almost four years, three and a half years, right, 
uh, of watching the prices and watching them truly understanding the buyer's market where the prices are at now of course i'm buying i'm, I'm not buying mickey mantles right or, or wayne gretzky's or tom brady's right uh or michael jordan's i'm buying trinity robin but still it's the same you know these prices were at eight nine hundred now they're at one two hundred where you know the the all those players i just mentioned those prices are down too so if these are the the cards you wanted to get now is a good great time to buy them if you're a collector to buy them and 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 unless you think the market is going to dip even more then you can just you can wait just a little bit longer right but sooner or later the people that are holding those cards if if they're those cards are purely just sell as a dealer sooner or later those cards are going to make it back out on into it onto a table or onto ebay or onto facebook groups or instagram or right they're going to make it somewhere at the price that they're actually selling for it's just it's for me it's it's so niche and i love niche stuff but i also surround my niche stuff with a lot of non-niche stuff i mean my niche to me is that i i think is i have a broad array and i i don't have a focus on anything particular but i know that a lot of the stuff i buy is is not like you know jalen hurts or i do own this stuff not hurts but mahomes i don't i try not to mess too much with that stuff because as much as i love it it's cool stuff i just yeah i'm not into it but i also think to be successful in a card show you know having like i learned the very first show i set up this year again was with behind the diamond at babylon and it was earlier in the year, and I had a great show. No complaints. I did really, really well that show. But I had three showcases that were loaded with hockey. And what I realized is, like, if you bring three showcases loaded with hockey, you're probably not going to sell as much. So the next show, I brought less hockey. I did good. Then I went to White Plains with you, and I brought everything, all different stuff. And, yeah. I mean, you saw what happened. But that now was I'm in learning. August. That right. was in August, yeah. And now I'm yeah. learning, like, even the shows I've done since then. I did, you know, did um, I did a small Old Bridge show. I did fantastic there and I sold everything from 50 cent cards on up, you mm -hmm. know, and this weekend in Hofstra. So I'm learning, I'm learning too, like what to bring and what not to bring. Yeah, you're getting you to, to know the show. show. Yeah. You have to know, like you're saying, yeah. and you know, like I'm going to be at Old Bridge on Friday night and Saturday, which is they have a two day holiday show. And that's a, a lot of Friday night shows fun Saturday. It's a small show, but great. If you like to pick in, again, I know because I'm there, don't come see me. Go to see everybody else there. I don't <laughs> care. Uh, it's a great show to dig. A lot of lower price stuff, high price stuff. But you'll see yep. some real good dealers from the area. Some big personalities come out. Like Santiago Sports usually comes. He's fantastic at the shows with Tyler and uh, and uh, Justin and his crew. And then like Dave from Extraordinary Cards will be there. Like he's good too. So you got some really good dealers at a small show and a ton of boxes to dig through, man. Like yep. $3 entry fee. And they even got a bar inside, man. You can order like a hamburger and a beer while you Where, wait. Where is this? This is an old bridge right to the VFW. It's great. It's oh, is this Friday that night. Friday night? That Friday, Friday night, night and Saturday. It's, when it's when is the next one? It's this Friday night and Saturday. Oh, okay. So yeah. Friday night from 5 to 10. It's, I mean, honestly, it's like, a, it's a small VFW show. I think there's 30 tables, but you could probably spend two hours in that show. And like Toast, our friend Toasty Cards is there. And a bunch of people like from New Jersey that we know that are great. Uh, the yeah. guys that run the Cardboard Carnival show. Who I had a great experience with them. They set up there. Uh, my friend, Pete, a lot of great dealers and guys that I've bought from for years set up there. I've always said the small show. I love the small shows. I do the big shows because it's fun. The big square setups, White Plains, Hofstra. Love the squares. But man, you're going to see me in Old Bridge this weekend, Garfield on Sunday, another small show in Garf, uh, Old, Br uh, Old Bridge in January. Um, I like the small show. Manahawkin. Yeah. I did Manahawkin. Man, Jeff and the Manahawkin crew down there. 
If you can get down to Manahawk and another 25, 30 table show, mm. you go. In I, know, I know what you mean. There, I, we have a couple of those, those yeah, shows man. around here too. Um, you want to do the Manahawk show. Ken, the Manahawk show. There's moms, dads, kids all day. These kids are coming in and out. They're digging in dollar box. They're digging in showcases. The dads are buying cards. I sold a Gretzky rookie. I had a great day at a nine to two show with 30 tables in it. I had one of the best days ever. They were spinning the wheels for kids, giving out door prizes. They have like 50 kids at the door. They're giving out – they were probably giving out more free stuff to the kids, and they were charging in cost to get in. And I'm like, man, how can anyone not come here? I'm just telling everybody, go there to buy. Don't see me. I wasn't even there. Yeah. Oh, great yeah. dealers out there at these small shows. Yeah. But no one goes to them anymore. They don't want to go. They want to hit these big shows. You know what? Go find your deals at the big shows, man. You're tough. Ken's at 90%. Yeah. I'm at 90%. Yeah, the the smaller shows are a little tough too. I know in Connecticut the smaller I mean the smaller shows are good. Um and, and I attend them all the time, but it, recently I haven't really been coming up with anything coming out with anything just because I think it's the 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 prices right now are, are just funny in the market and people aren't coming down. And and you know, if I'm buying it to PC it. I want to get it at a certain price. And if I'm buying it, then I'm going to put it in my case at a bigger show. I still need to get that at a price. So when I'm doing that, and I honestly, because of where the market is, I try to buy within a week to two weeks before a show. So I'm buying well and I can sell well. And See, I can I don't put do that. that. I try not to do that. I avoid that. I try to buy things that'll last, not just for the next show. I try to buy things that'll last. Because I don't want to do every weekend shows, Ken. I don't want to do that. I don't want to buy a car that if I can't sell by the next show, I'm screwed. I buy stuff. I'd say 85% of my stuff I buy is stuff that if I didn't have to go to a show for a month, I'll probably be open. Comps won't help me. But like Jordan Love, you know, getting knocked out of the playoffs, I'm not – I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care yeah. if John Morant – you know, I do care about John Morant. Let me rephrase. But right now I don't care about Zion Williamson. I don't care. But But, but, but I see you, bro. You buy everything. Not everything. I'm very picky. You see me look at everything. I look at everything. I don't buy everything. Very, you know, I wasn't very picky this weekend. People weren't showing us stuff. I had a few people tell me, "Oh, you're in the you're in the back of the room." The time I got to you guys, I had already sold. Yep, sold everything. And I said but, that you know, to you. And I said that to John too. I said it. it you know, it, it's it because John from Behind the Diamond says it's going to be a great buying weekend. I said I hope they still have something left by the time they get to our to our booth because. It, it, like a lot of the a lot of the people like you just said said to me they're like oh yeah i've sold so much stuff this is what i have left and i'm looking and i'm like well i can understand why nobody bought this because i don't right. want to buy this right and, well what's funny though is i mean you and i have a different approach i mean i'm definitely like probably more of a character at the shows <laughs> so like if, if people are kind of lingering near my table they don't you know sometimes people like to stay in the aisle and not get too close or whatever and i'll you know what do you got in the briefcase yeah. well you just ask show me like i am I'm not aggressive as a buyer, but I'm aggressive in engaging them in, in friendly conversation. Like, hey, what's in the briefcase? Are you selling? They'll say, no, no. Or, oh, yeah, you want to look? Sure. And usually it's junk. But if you don't ask, you don't see. And yeah. sometimes people are scared to, like, walk up. And are you – for all the times we say, how many times people walk up? Are you buying? Are you buying? Are you buying? And we sometimes we'll say, oh, my God, enough. I think that sometimes these show attendees, they know we think that. So, like, maybe they just want to go to where they're comfortable or the people they know. And we're stranger danger when it comes to having to communicate, right? Again, we're in a world of people that don't necessarily want to make eye contact and talk to each other and maybe have, like, like deodorant issues. 
So, you know, like some kids or adults, they don't want to walk up and say, hey, Ken, are you buying today? You kind of yeah. got to coax them and say, what do you got? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we all so do, I that. do that with every kid or any adult yeah. kid that walks up. Yeah. What do you got? What do you got in your pocket? What'd you buy? Show me. You selling this? Mm-hmm. One kid turned me. One kid was funny. Actually, him and his dad were pretty shrewd. I tried to buy some cards off of him. He turned around and he wouldn't sell them to me. He wanted to go sell them to John because he wanted to buy John's cards. So I was like very smart. He wanted to leverage the cards. Sure. He wanted yeah. to sell to me, maybe hoping John would take them down. But I don't. Yeah. I know he sold cards. Uh, what cards from John? But some of these kids are sharks. They show up, and you know they're sharks right away. Then there's other kids that show up, and and you feel like you know you're really you know conducting business with an adult, but it's like a 12 or 13 year old kid. I mean, there I bought very impressive teenage kids. A simple set. There's another kid. He's probably listening. He's at Babylon all the time. He's a big guy, 17 year old kid. He knows he's a big Penguins fan. I'm not. I don't say names if I don't have to. Big Penguins fan. He always comes and talks. He's never bought anything from me in like seven months, but we always talk. He's a great kid. And his buddy came up. He bought some cards. 17-year-old kids. Ken, these kids are like, honestly, they are very sharp. They probably know more about the ins and outs of some of the things we will never know about or we don't want to know. In fact, I would wonder one of these days you might want to get one of these kids to come on here with us and talk about it because they might actually teach us something that we don't know about. Probably, hey, probably make up more money than us. <laughs> well, you know what's funny? I believe they probably do sometimes, but I also, you know what? I can get educated on how are you comping? What are you looking at? What apps are you using? What are you seeing? Show me because I've had them teach me in the last seven months everything that I can. I ask them all when I do deals with them. Show me, teach me a little more. What a trick you use. What are you seeing? I'm, I'm telling you right now, Brad. I, most of these kids, I, I know they use the trick that I'm a young kid. And 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 give me a deal, right? And 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 take me under your wing and feel like you know you want to help me out, type of thing. Because you know they come, they they look, they talk, they come back. They know what they're doing. There, there's some of these kids are the best salesmen. I mean, I I've dealt with salesmen in my life. Some of these kids that are 12, 13, 14, 15, they're the best salesmen I've ever I told seen. this to you before, Ken. I said it before. A lot of these kids. This is just a start for them. The sports card thing is just the way their entry level into business. Most yeah. of these kids probably won't even mess in with cards in 30 years. They're going to have the same story. Most people did. Oh, I love cards as a kid. But they're going to probably be so wildly successful. Again, I said it before. Take your Get your kid involved in a hobby like this where they have to communicate with people. doesn't matter if it's cards, comics, pop, pins, medals. doesn't matter. Garage yeah. sailing. Do something like that. You are doing them much better justice in life than you could probably get them from a college tuition for four years they do not know how to communicate these kids are amazing that they can do this yeah fantastic i wish more kids would come out just to have face that's what impresses me when i can have a 15 year old kid not just look up walk up to me and ask me to buy or sell cards like these are kids if we saw them in the real world they'd be like hi mr hey mr ken mr ken good to see you sir (laughs) now they walk up to like we're equals with them and in some ways i don't like that from, yeah. you know, a, a father adult type thing, but from many ways, like, isn't that the respect we'd all want as an 18 year old is to be able to walk into a room with a 40 year old and a 50 year old and a 60 year old and be treated equally. We don't get that in the real world. 17, yeah. 18 year old kid, you go show up at your first job. You don't get treated that way, but they yeah. show up at a card show with a case of cards, you and him and I and her are equal. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what I like too? I like, they come back, you give them a good deal or, or, or and they come back and they kids. shop with you again. The kids, yeah. 
in some ways it's almost like like they spread you know it's almost like they once they one gives a good deal they tell another next thing you know you got two or three of them buying from you and they then bring, one brings they their go friend off to over. come back with their friends <laughs> oh this guy just made a good deal show them what you got yeah. you know oh yeah. i just bought this from this guy and they want almost like sometimes it's validation i understand too like the mob mentality is like hey i just bought a card from ken you come buy one too that makes sure like it makes us all feel good that we both bought you know like yeah, yeah. Them, you know so i get that yeah. too all right, man. We're getting coming on to an hour, so we can probably do three hours tonight, Ken. I know, I know. We had a lot. We had a lot. We're gonna have to do this again. A um, couple of shout outs. Uh, Homer Sports Cards. They uh, he came by. He always comes by. Great guy. Hang out. Um, I met this guy Bob Bob Groff. Um, he is a principal uh, in uh, I, I believe. It's New York. I don't know where he is a principal at, but he runs a show. He runs a little show in Rockaway and listens to the podcast. So I just wanted to give him a shout out. He came by, met me, and, uh, you know, we talked for a little bit. And uh, and also there was, a, 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 I'm probably missing like a ton of people who came, but there was Ira who came with his son. Uh, it was kind of cool. He came. Talk, chatted for a little bit. We talked about some cards. His son came by. And I just thought to myself, and just kind of what you said, you know, I just love to see when the father and sons have a lot of this, that this weekend. This in common. And, and this was one of those weekends where a lot of and and you know it was really great. And I and I want to say this: like the kids are involved and they are showing up with the parent, whether it be a mother or father, and the parents are just like it's it's all him or it's all her right it's not it's not me they know what they're doing i'm i'm just i'm i'm driving them i'm there i'm getting them here i'm hanging out with them i'm spending the time with my child right and, and but also as a smart parent and in the world that we are in in the sports car world we also know that there are a lot of people that are terrible people and cutthroat and nasty so as a parent I would not let my 12 year old go to a card show with, you know, two or $3,000 worth of inventory and make deals with. There's a lot of Brad's and Ken's and a lot of people like that, but there's also some that are not. Yep. And as a parent, you should, you should at least be within striking range of these kids at these shows with the amount of money they're dealing with. You know, there's always someone that's looking to get over on a kid and they don't care. So, yeah. you know, for all the parents listening out there, you know, let them have their space. This is great. But just, you know, keep an eye on them. Just keep an eye. Keep one eye. Don't let them running off these shows with $10,000 in cards and maybe not have a clue about it, you know? Yep. Good. Anything else before we wrap up? No, I will actually just want to show you the coolest card I picked up this weekend. It was a Rory McElroy dual golf auto, rookie auto gold script with Graham oh, nice. Dowell. Rare card. I picked this up. I wanted, I told I was going to show the card to love high end golf basketball. We had a real, this. This guy, Ken, you were busy, showed me, you guys follow him on Instagram, some of these cards, this guy's Jordan and Tiger Woods stuff that I don't care if you like cards or not. You look at this stuff, it'll blow your mind. Um, and, uh, of course, our buddy Joe in between us, who was very hospitable and watching our tables. Joe's yeah. not a big Instagrammer, not a big uh, guy out there in the, in the world, but Joe is awesome, and he is a good friend to have. We all need friends like that in the hobby who – we can trust with everything. And Ken, you are also one of those guys and I appreciate you for helping me out this yeah, weekend. Yeah. Likewise, man. I feel the same about you. All right. Look, have a, have a happy, happy holiday. Same to you. 
And uh, what's what's the next show you're doing? No, oh, this weekend, right? Oh, you're doing... This weekend, yep. Garfield Sunday, right after the new year, you will see me at this other Old Bridge show, small show. And then you'll start to see me again at the big three-day White Plains show, the square with Behind the Diamond. That is my favorite show. <laughs> I make the best deals at White Plains, baby. So if you yeah. come to White Plains and you find me and you're looking to buy some stuff, if we can't make a deal, that's on you guys, baby. <laughs> All right, kid. I, I, you know what? I don't have anything scheduled now until uh culture collision in Atlanta, but I probably, um, I will probably come up with something in Jan. That's at the end of January. I know I can't do the white planes. Um, I have something going on that weekend, but I might be able to get down there and do some shopping, probably maybe walk, walk it unless, you know, John. Oh Hannah. man, I might have to invest in a, I might have to invest in a, a lifeguard chair for that show. Yeah, so when you show yeah. up, I'll just put it unless up. John has a one day table down there. Cause I, I know that I, I have something going on that, that week. That's that, that's the weekend, the 19th, right? Yes. And you'll be sorely missed Ken, because you know, we need yeah. you there and yeah. uh, that's important for me. I need someone to abuse all weekend. Yeah. Well, who knows? Things may change, but but I don't think so. I, I know. All right. Look, I want to thank everyone for tuning in. And if you like what you hear, please like, definitely subscribe. Oh, you know what? I can't do that just yet. I just I want to announce uh, for Thursday's episode, a uh, great in- interview with Ezra Levine, uh, CEO of Mascot. So that that episode will be on Thursday. So tune in for that. That was an awesome interview. Now, I want to thank everyone for tuning in. And if you like what you hear, please like, definitely subscribe. And most importantly, tell a friend and spread the word. And until next time, take care of yourselves and everyone around you. 